Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 71 of the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all are in an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite, and please, please, please do leave a review. September was now the biggest month for the show ever, and I'm so thankful to each one of you that listens to it. Xboxintent.com No Numbers is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxintent. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were Star Wars Squadrons and Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. The games coming out this week include Ride 4, Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix, FIFA 21, Ministry of Broadcast, Ninth Dawn 3, Shadow of Earthal, Eichenfell, The Watchmaker, Airy Sky Castle, The Survivalists, and Ben 10 Power Trip. The games with gold for October 2020 have been announced. These include Swayway Camp on Xbox One available from October 1st to the 31st, and Made of Skur from October 16th through November 15th. Original Xbox games Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy will be available from October 1st through the 15th, and the Xbox 360 game Costume Quest will be available from October 16th until the 31st. Some new additions to Xbox Game Pass have been announced. On console, you can play Brutal Legend. On Android and console, Doom Eternal. On Android, console, and PC, Forza Motorsport 7. On console and PC, Iconfell. And on PC, Drake Hollow. These will all be out within a week. Now on to last week's biggest news stories, and we have six to cover this week. Number one, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members get EA Play on November 10th. This is Sarah Bond at Xbox Wire. Just six weeks from today, we continue our journey with the launch of Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S, jumping into the next generation of gaming with you, the player, at the center. We are working with creators around the globe to empower everyone to play the games they want with the friends they want, when and where they want. With both Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S, you will be able to play thousands of titles spanning four generations of gaming from the most creative and innovative teams across the industry. And it's thanks to those ambitious game creators that there are thousands more to come. This will be a massive moment for gamers and we're excited to bring it to life with Xbox Game Pass and the amazing franchises from Xbox Game Studios and our industry partners on day one. Xbox Game Pass connects people with a library of over 100 great games across consoles, PCs, and now Android devices. As we announced last week, we now have more than 15 million Xbox Game Pass members from 41 countries. While we continue to update our library with new games and provide great new perks for our Ultimate members, there are a couple of additions coming that I'm really excited about. EA Play coming this holiday. Earlier this month, we announced that we've teamed up with Electronic Arts to provide Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and PC members an EA Play membership at no additional cost. Today, I'm announcing that starting on November 10th, EA Play will be available on Xbox consoles, including Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X, as part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and beginning in December, members with an Ultimate or PC subscription will be able to download and play games from EA Play Library on Windows 10 PCs. This means that we will have a whole new collection of games coming your way on console and PC, and that some of the best EA Play games will also be available for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members to play on Android devices via the cloud. Bring Bethesda games to Xbox Game Pass. As we shared, Bethesda were early supporters of Xbox Game Pass and will be adding Bethesda's iconic franchises to Xbox Game Pass for console and PC. One of the things that has me most excited is seeing the roadmap with Bethesda's future games come to Xbox console and PC, including Starfield the highly anticipated new space epic currently in development by Bethesda Game Studios, and Doom Eternal, which is coming to Xbox Game Pass on October 1st and PC later in 2020. We've been waiting for this moment for a long time and now it finally is here. We are entering the next generation of gaming and it looks and feels unlike any before it. 
With crossplay connecting people across platforms, Xbox Game Pass continually bringing new experiences to discover, and cloud gaming making it possible to play anywhere, there have never been more ways to play with Xbox. More great news that on launch day of the new consoles, we'll be able to play all the games in EA Play. Just another great addition to the absolutely insane value that is Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Number 2. Xbox Series X Hands-On Load Times Quick Resume and Compatibility This one is by IGN's Ryan McCaffrey and I'm going to read his whole preview on the console as he is someone I've looked up into the game industry for a long time. A housekeeping note up front, as part of an ongoing look at the Xbox Series X, this article will cover general impressions of the box itself and the controller along with the performance of backwards compatible Xbox One and Xbox 360 games, and the quick resume feature that lets you quickly jump from one active game to another. I'll be covering new and Series X optimized games and overall impressions of the Xbox Series X in the coming few weeks. First a word on the console itself, it is hefty, but in a good way. When you hold it, it feels like a premium $500 thing, for whatever that's worth. When you turn it on, the box makes the same startup chime the Xbox One family of consoles do, and I'm a bit disappointed in that. Honestly, I get the consistency, but I'd like to have a new sound. While I'm speaking subjectively, I think the Series X also looks very nice in its vertical orientation. It looks bold and assertive in your entertainment center, with the concave green tinted vent perforations on the top adding a really nice visual appeal. I can't say the same when it's lying on its side, it looks more like a fireplace log. More importantly, this thing is quiet, it's almost inaudible when it's idle, and in Red Dead Redemption 2 for instance, it's still pretty quiet, much more so than the Xbox One X, which gets noticeably louder under full GPU load. We'll see how its acoustics are when I've got a new game that puts all the 12 teraflops to use. It also boots up from an always-on state almost instantly, and obviously faster than Xbox One X. Cold Boot 2 is also a lot quicker than the One X, taking about 10-12 to 12 seconds compared to almost a full minute on the One X. The new controller meanwhile is a slight improvement over the stock Xbox One controller. I like the new D-pad and the grip texture on the back, handles, and triggers, but it still pales in comparison to the Elite Version 2 controller, which of course it should for how much the Elite costs. Thankfully the Elite Version 2, just like every other Xbox One accessory that doesn't have the word connect in it, will work just fine on the Series X. Let's talk about storage next. It's no secret that the game installation sizes are only getting larger, and monthly ISP bandwidth caps are a concern for many gamers. In fact, I blew up mine the first time ever downloading a ton of games to test out on the Series X, so you need to use your 1TB wisely. To be clear, it's 802GB of usable space after OS and system files. When you plug in the very pricey Seagate 1TB storage expansion slot that gives you all of the benefits of the internal drive, it adds 920GB of usable space. A more affordable alternative is to use a cheaper USB 3.1 external hard drive to store the next-gen games you're not playing and just shuffle them back and forth as you want them, sparing yourself the need to download them every single time. Besides, transferring between the Xbox Series X's NVMe SSD and a USB 3.1 drive is pretty quick. Yes, you can play backwards compatible games off of an external drive, but you're going to want them to run on the internal SSD because the loading time advantages are significant. I ran tests with Red Dead Redemption 2, Halo 5, Control, State of Decay 2, and as well as Xbox 360 games Grand Theft Auto 4 and Fallout 4. The results vary from better to a lot better. Newer, more performance-intensive games like Red Dead 2 and Control saw the most benefit, but every test I ran yielded a noticeable advantage. Furthermore, I tried out Quick Resume, and Microsoft wasn't kidding around. It works. I like that they even put a little Quick Resume icon in the upper right corner of the screen to let you know that it won't have to wait for the entire game to load from scratch. In conclusion though, I'm still waiting to play a proper next-gen game that takes full advantage of the Xbox Series X, stay tuned for coverage on that. It's clear that your back catalog will get a boost from the new console regardless of whether or not your favorite game has received any specific Series X optimizations. 
In fact, the SSD spoils you pretty quickly. I already never want to see my Xbox One X ever again. A long story for our show, but I think it paints a really good picture of what we can expect from our Series X. Reading many, many previews out there when the embargo lifted, everyone seems to have similar appreciation for this new console, specifically with the SSD, loading times, and quick resume. I can't wait to try it for myself on November 10th. Number 3, Xbox head Phil Spencer says Microsoft is planning on more consoles after Xbox Series X and Series S. Adam Bankhurst at IGN writes, According to Xbox head Phil Spencer, Microsoft is still planning to release gaming hardware following the launch of the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S, despite the game's industry leaning more towards an all-digital, cloud-based future. Speaking to Yahoo Finance, Spencer confirmed that Microsoft is still planning on developing dedicated gaming hardware, at least in the short term, even though services like Xbox Cloud Gaming, Google Stadia, and Amazon Luna are changing the way the world plays games. Quote, in terms of future hardware, absolutely I think we're going to see more console hardware down the road, Spencer stated. Just like in a video, just like in music, it's not that streaming has cut off device innovation, I think we'll continue to see that and that's absolutely what we're planning for. Obviously things can always change in the future, but it appears Microsoft isn't quite yet ready to fully commit to this digital future. Where Microsoft innovation lies, however, is clearly an Xbox Game Pass. Not surprising news, but good to have the confirmation. Obviously with the naming with Series and X and S, it leaves a lot of room for more versions down the road, maybe a plus version or another letter. I for one always want my home console with the added option of Project X Cloud. I've really enjoyed my time with the cloud gaming service, but definitely don't want that as my main way to play video games. Number 4, Apex Legends is launching crossplay in beta next week. Matthew Olson at US Gamer writes, The walls are coming down around Kings Canyon and World's Edge. Well, not really. Apex Legends will still keep its deadly contracting circle and all the buildings dotted across its battle royale maps, but the barrier between Xbox, PlayStation, and PC players will melt away soon. Next week, along with the start of a new cosmetic collection event and a debut of a limited time mode, Apex will get crossplay for consoles and PC. On Tuesday, October 6th, Respawn will kick off Apex's new aftermarket event and issue an update adding beta support for crossplay to all platforms. At the moment, of course, that just means PS4, Xbox One, and PC via EA's Origin. While it's also likely the case that crossplay will stick around once it's in, there may be kinks in the beta to work out. There are also plans to add other platforms to the party as well. Apex is still set to launch on Steam soon, and a version for the Nintendo Switch is also in the works. As for transferring player progress between platforms, that's not coming with the crossplay beta launch. Game director Chad Greenier says that Respawn will talk more about this when Apex hits Steam later in 2020. Apex Legends unfortunately just fell victim to my friends not playing it. I really love this game and everything Respawn has done with it. I unfortunately just don't enjoy queuing in Battle Royale games solo. Number 5, Call of Duty Warzone Season 6 patch adds a new subway system to Verdansk and new weapons. Austin Goslin at Polygon writes, Call of Duty Warzone and Modern Warfare's multiplayer Season 6 has arrived, bringing with it a new subway system that should make navigating the map a lot easier. But the Verdansk Metro isn't the only new feature of the patch. It adds new weapons and a few balance changes to shake up the metagame. Verdansk's new Metro will have several different stations positioned at the map's biggest hotspots for players to visit. All stations are identical and each lets players hop on a train to get where they need to go. The trains will never take you straight out of the safe zone so you can use them without fear. The season also comes with two new guns for players to try out. The first is the marksman rifle called the SPR-208. The other new weapon is the AS Vol Rifle, which is strong over medium to short range and comes with a built-in suppressor. Call of Duty Warzone is probably my most played game this year. It's definitely the one I hop into most and consistently with my friends. Can't wait to check out the changes for myself. And number 6, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War Zombies Mode Revealed. Joe Scrubbles at IGN writes, 
Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War has revealed its take on the returning zombies mode, a new story set alongside existing zombies canon, featuring cross-generation, cross-platform play, and battle pass integration, and more. The new zombies map is titled Die Machine, a location with more than a nod to the Nocturne Untoten, the map that started it all. Taking place in the early 80s, the four-player co-op mode stars Grigory Weaver, returning from the original Black Ops, leading a CIA-backed team called Requiem as they explore an abandoned World War II bunker. The mode will also feature a rival Soviet squad called Omega Group that aims to study and harness the supernatural phenomena in the area. Between Requiem and Omega Group, reads a blog post, there are plenty of characters who may aid or hinder your journey, while others have separate, unknown agendas that will be up to players to discover. Amongst this cast, there is one particular contact, Sam, who seems eager to share intel discovered from deep within the KGB. For the first time ever, zombies will be available as a cross-platform mode and will also work across generations, meaning all online players can play together regardless of the machine they're using. Zombies will also now contribute to the Call of Duty Battle Pass, just as multiplayer and Warzone currently both contribute to it. You can bring your chosen loadout into the mode. This mode will also add new tactical features as you play. This includes adding weapon rarities, field upgrades which are charged by killing zombies, and can be deployed to provide buffs, healing, and more. Lethal tactical and support equipment, the latter including turrets and chopper gunners, and no limit perks. There's also a new exfil option which allows a squad that's sure it won't survive to escape via a helicopter in return for some rewards, but will send hordes your way as you wait for extraction. I am a huge Zombies Mode fan starting with the original game World at War. For those who didn't know, you had to beat the original campaign in order to unlock the Zombies Mode. We stayed up all night on release day just to be able to try Zombies. And my best friend and I have some of the best memories playing the Zombies map for a very first time and trying to figure everything out. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one's going to be about the availability of Xbox Game Pass, to what some of these countries can possibly look forward to in the future for when Project xCloud arrives. Xbox Game Pass is now available in Argentina, Australia, Austria, Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hong Kong, Hungary, India, Ireland, Israel, Italy, Japan, Mexico, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Slovakia, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Taiwan, Turkey, the United Arab Emirates, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Bringing all together an awesome 41 countries for the absolute best value in gaming. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes or maybe more. Leading up to this next gen, I'm sure we're going to have much longer shows as we dive deep into everything Xbox Series X and S and Project X Cloud. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, leave a review, share it with your friends, and follow on all social media at Xbox and 10. This past week, I finished up Tell Me Why, and I absolutely loved it. I don't think it was as good as Life is Strange, but I loved the variety and the different style it had. I've also jumped into Star Wars Squadrons on VR, and I am absolutely floored. I'm so in for this, and I'm kind of scary what it's going to do to my life. My name is Brandon Rosie. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosen93. I hope you all have a great week, and keep on gaming.